0: Let's bow our heads for a little prayer. Dear kind Heavenly Father, as we come to you now, we think of this season and all that it means to us. And it's quite overwhelming of all that you did. And so help us now as we turn our hearts towards you that we might be touched by this time, this season and the blessing that are in it. Help us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Our text is in Luke's Gospel, chapter number one and two, as we talk about our Christmas text for today. Luke's Gospel, chapter number one and two. <clears throat> Certainly, one of the greatest of God's gifts to us humans was given to women, which is the ability to have children. And of course,. One of the responses that I've had to that comment when I make it is, if you think it's so much fun, you try it. (laughs) (laughs) Nevertheless, in spite of the difficulty a childbirth can present, it's still a common thread and new babies are simply one of God's wonderful blessings. And we all have experienced some blessing that babies have brought into our lives. Now when my two children were born, I distinctly recall a feeling that I had when I held both of them for the first time. It was a mystery that was impressed on me at that time. When I held them for the first time and looked at them, I had the question come up in my mind. Who are you? Who are you? A baby is a complete mystery. Aren't they? What personality will they display? Will they have the same traits as mom or grandma? Or Aunt Ruth or Uncle George? Or will they be completely unique? Who are they? Little babies come all wrapped up in mystery. And all that you can say about them is to be revealed at a later date. And so it is when we read the story of the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem. We tend to forget all the normal feelings and human experiences. And we use hindsight to form our opinions about Jesus' birth. And we look at a full-grown man, Jesus of Nazareth, healing the sick and calming the storm, curing leprosy and raising the dead. And then we look back and say, well, there was the Son of God born in a human body. But Mary and Joseph had no such ability to figure out who Jesus was. But I get the distinct impression that Mary and Joseph asked the very same question that I asked when they looked down at that newborn baby. Who are you? Now, Dr. Luke actually gives a very graphic description of the birth of Jesus that I believe we have overlooked in our hindsight views of the birth of Jesus. So today I want to look more closely at that story, as familiar as it is to us, and see if we can catch the mystery of it all because I believe we can find a wonderful message hidden in that familiar text. So let's dig a little deeper, shall we? Let's use our own human experiences to get into the story. Luke chapter 2, begin reading at verse number 1. It came to pass in those days that went out a decree from Caesar Augustus. That all the world should be taxed. And <clears throat> this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed. Every one unto his own city. Now there's a common human experience. The government arbitrarily forces people to conform to its wishes. Caesar wants a tax hike. So you all must go register with the government back to your original family home. Oh, but isn't that inconvenient? We don't care if it's inconvenient. We're the government. We make the rules. You follow the rules. Ah, the government doing what it does best interfering in the daily lives of everyday people. Now, here's the personal example of it. Verse 4, Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, unto Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. Because somewhere back in history, Joseph and Mary were related to King David. Although the royalty of it all was long lost, Joseph and Mary must now make a trip from Nazareth, where they live, to Bethlehem, which is somewhere around 75 miles away. The phenomenal inconvenience is that Mary is what Dr. Luke calls great with child. That is, nine months pregnant equals great with child. You know what I mean, right? At nine months when ladies are great, or in other words, huge, with child, there is no comfortable place. There's no place where you can just relax. That baby kicks and pokes and pushes. It's the nature of things. I remember watching that little foot or knee or whatever was push on mom's belly going back and forth. I think that was Levi. <laughs> and wouldn't you know it, when you're the most uncomfortable, you got to take a 75 mile hike. To Bethlehem. Just what you wanted to do. Now, we're going to get the eraser out and start erasing some of the myths around the birth of Christ. Number one, Mary on a Christmas card, you see many of them show Mary riding on a donkey led by Joseph coming into Bethlehem. Joseph was a carpenter. He probably didn't own a donkey. Anyway, can you imagine riding a donkey when you're nine months pregnant? <laughs> My wife was five months pregnant. We were vacationing in Colorado. And we stopped for a horse ride in the mountains, and the lady on the horse farm said to her, Do you really want to ride a horse? <laughs> I just can't imagine Mary riding a donkey when she's great with child. So 75 mile hike, four or five days on the road, walking to Bethlehem, not convenient. And certainly not comfortable. I remember my wife, nine months pregnant with Levi, and her mother called her every day on the phone and said, Did you have that baby yet? every day she cried. So Dr. Luke is telling us how inconvenient and how uncomfortable and how really pregnant Mary was on that 75-mile hike to Bethlehem. And then he adds another stunning detail, verse 6. And so it was, while well, they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. I suppose every lady has a dream, a hope. An expectation that her first baby will be a wonderful experience, pleasant surroundings, in loving company of family, a newborn baby laid in a cradle and rocked to sleep. But oh no. The inn, which was basically a square empty building with an open courtyard in the middle for animals, is jam-packed. There's no room. And there's no privacy there. It's full of strangers. So Mary and Joseph are finally put up in a stable. A place for animals, which is private. Because nobody else wants to be there. There's only animals to watch. Is it sanitary? Oh no, not not exactly. Are there facilities? It's a barn. A cradle? No, it's a wooden box with hay in it called a manger. Place to feed animals. Not exactly your dream place for having your baby. So let's get out our eraser again, do some more erasing. Although I love to dream that it was so, and I love to think about it and even sing those songs, it was not so. The animals didn't talk. <laughs> Birds didn't come in wondrous flight into the manger. It's a beautiful song, but it's not true. It's a barn. Animals don't talk and sing songs, it's a barn. With the smells of a barn. And the noises of a barn. So erase all the beautiful manger scenes. It's a barn. Also erase something else. Many a manger scene was painted. With baby Jesus lying in the hay. With a halo over his head. Erased a halo. And legend insists. And Mary had no labor pains because Jesus was God's son. So no labor pains, just an easy delivery. You can erase that thought too. <laughs> Mary brought Jesus into the world like any other mother. It's a struggle. It's exhausting. And it's a challenge. As they say, when mom holds a newborn baby, she forgets all the pain of that. Not exactly. <laughs> I don't think that's exactly true. So it was Mary Holds, a newborn baby who came into the world just like any other baby does. It's a baby. No halo. No wings sprouting off his shoulders. It's a common human experience made more difficult by the 75-mile walk... And the crowded conditions in Bethlehem. And the stable with all its noises and smells. Away from home, away from family, Jesus was born. Just like any other baby, he was born. In the darkness of that stable, Mary wraps the baby in old rags, clean. But basically they are worn out clothing, torn into strips. And in the darkness of the night, Mary holds the baby until he falls asleep. And then she lays him down in the hay. And exhausted, she drifts off to sleep. What a day. Sleep, Mary. You've earned a rest. But unbeknownst to Mary... Outside of Bethlehem, on the high plains around Bethlehem. Shepherds are watching their sheep, and suddenly the sky becomes bright and all filled with light. And drowsy shepherds, rubbing their eyes, confused by the light, sit up and look around. And out of the sky drops down an angel. Fear. Great fear. Fear angels said don't be afraid i got good news A savior is born christ the lord the messiah that's good news go see him he's in a manger in bethlehem wrapped in rags suddenly somehow the skies open thousands of angels singing glory to god in the highest and on earth peace towards men. No one ever before or since has seen such a display of angels on earth. Yes there were visions where men saw angels. Yes peeking into heaven they saw the place full of angels. But no not on earth. And the angels finish and leave and the shepherds say, come on let's go. And knowing where the stables are located, they are shepherds. They go from one to another through the little town of Bethlehem until they open the door of one manger, and there lies a baby. That's him. That's him. Bursting in all excited. There he is. Look at him. He's the one. Verse 16. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. When they had seen it, they made note abroad the saying which is told them concerning this child. All they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherd. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. I love Mary's response to the shepherd's visit. They're so excited. They're bursting with energy and come rushing in to her quiet little place. And they told the story with such confidence. It's just a plain, truthful story. And Mary thinks their excitement and the extravagant tale of multitude of angels don't match my experience here in this stable. My experience is common, earthly, and human. Their story is wonderful and exciting and heavenly. And she thinks about it, it says, and compares my plain, ordinary little baby... And then multitude of angels singing glory to God in the highest. Common human experience versus glorious heavenly experiences. How do the two come together? She's thinking about it in her mind. Now my friends, if you're thinking with me, and I hope you are thinking. You're wondering something. You're scratching your head. Didn't Mary already see an angel herself? Well, yes, she did. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Mary. And the angel came into her and said, Hail thou that are heartily favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. And cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. Every time somebody sees an angel in the Bible, they are afraid. The shepherds out on the plains saw the angel they're terrified. Zechariah, we talked about two weeks ago in the temple, sees an angel. He's terrified. And go back through the Bible Balaam sees an angel and he's afraid. Joshua and Daniel and John the Revelator angels appear and people fear. But not Mary. She doesn't seem to be afraid. Now, Why? Well, it says he came to the house, (laughs) sort of dropped in like a neighbor. he comes up to the door, sees Mary, and he says in a very kind voice, Hey, you young lady, God's with you. You're highly blessed. There's no surprise appearance, just a friendly visit. Nothing to be afraid of yes he tells her she's going to have a baby and she says how and he gives an answer in verse 35 the angel answered said under the holy ghost shall come upon thee power of the highest shall overshadow thee therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the son of god there it is jesus is the son of god well that's easy for you to say It's easy for you to say. Of course, we know what happened. We know the whole story looking back. But Mary, what does it mean that the baby is the son of God? I'm not sure. She's thinking, I don't know what that means. When he's born, he's ordinary. He came in the ordinary way. He's wrapped in rags like other ordinary babies. And yes, the angel said he was a son of God, but I just delivered a baby that's ordinary in the very human way. To me, he's just a plain baby. And now the shepherds tell the story of thousands of angels. But he's still an ordinary baby. Well, it's a few days later, Mary and Joseph take the newborn baby Jesus to the temple. And they're going to offer a sacrifice for the baby as they're instructed to do by the law. An old man comes up and grabs the baby. (laughs) That's not so unusual. People love new babies. Levi said he held a new baby here. That's not so unusual. The old man's name is Simeon. And in Luke chapter 2. Verse number 28. And he took him up in his arms and blessed God said, Lord, now let us, I servant, depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. Light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Get this. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. He grabs the baby. He says, this the one I've been waiting for. Now I can die in peace. I've seen it with my own two eyes. And Mary and Joseph say, are you talking about him? Are you talking about him? Our little baby? Mary and Joseph just can't quite see how this plain, poor, new little baby born fits into all that hype he's wrapped in rags lying in a manger and thousands of angels are singing about him he eats and he drinks and he cries and he wets like any other baby and prophets talk about his greatness it's hard to bring those two worlds together into one baby he just looks and acts so human The people who were closest to Jesus. Who cared for him every day. Mary and Joseph. Were absolutely convinced that he was completely human. Later. At 12 years of age. He gets lost in the temple. They go looking for him. They find him among the scholars and the doctors, asking and also answering questions. And they say to him, "Where were you? Where we're worried." Look at his answer, verse forty-nine. He said unto them, "How is it you sought me? Wished ye that I must not, that I must be about my father's business?" And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. So, you see, the people who were closest to Jesus are absolutely convinced that he is human. They didn't know what to make of angels and prophecies and doctors and scholars' questions. He's my baby. Like all babies, yes, he's a mystery. We don't know what he is really or what he will become, but we're convinced he's quite human. And that, my friends, is the way God planned it. My friends, think about it. If he was born with a halo, what would you do with it? How would you raise him? If he sprouted wings, what would you do? But he's just like any plain, ordinary baby. So what do you do? You love him like any plain, ordinary mother loves her plain, ordinary baby. My friends, Jesus had to be human He had to look human. He had to act human. You say, well, yeah, but he's the son of God. Okay. Ask Mary. Is your baby human? She'll say, oh, yes, very much so. So, doesn't God have power? Yes, very much so, and lots of it. So Jesus had power, didn't he? Yes, he did. But the Bible says he veiled his power or he hid it. Kept it from sight. And occasionally the veil was pulled back and you could see his power. But remember what happened when his power flipped out there's a storm on the Sea of Galilee it's a violent storm Jesus is in the front of the boat sleeping and the disciples shake him and wake him up we're drowning here don't you care if we die and he stands up and he speaks to the wind and to the waves peace be still And immediately the wind subsides and the violent waves fall flat. Peter, cowering in the bottom of the boat, whispers to John, What kind of man is this that the wind and the waves obey him? And Peter says to Jesus, Depart from me. Lord, leave me alone. I'm a sinful man. My friends, God didn't come to earth to show His power. He came to show His love. The intimate feelings that Mary had for her baby were kindled by His human side. His human weakness. We love our babies because they're weak and they need us. And so it was Jesus wanted to be human. To act human. And to hide his power. And because of it people could approach him. And people come with a desire to be near him. And they learn to love him. Later on Lazarus' sister Mary will take her tears and wash his feet. And wipe his feet with her hair. And it says she kissed his feet over and over again because she can come close to him. He's human. She can express her love. John lays his head on Jesus' chest on the Last Supper. They are intimate friends. They are close friends. You can get close to God. You can love him. You can be intimate and have sweet communion with Jesus. If he was all power, what would we do? We'd drop down on our knees and tremble in fear. But on that first Christmas, he came to be near us, to be close, to open his heart, and to show us how much he loved. And to say this, come close, will you? Tell me that you love me. Mary saw the human side. She loved her baby. And people begin to flock to him, drawn to him by his personality as the mystery unfolds and they know who he is. He's so pleasant, he's so kind. What does he do? He attends the weddings. He comes to dinner. He loves the poor. He goes to the outcasts in society. He touches lepers. He opens the eyes of the blind all because he's so full of love. Don't be afraid of him. He's quite approachable. And what a pleasure it is to sit with him and to talk with him and to tell him your dreams and to share with him your hopes. After all, Christmas proves he is quite human. So my advice to you on this Christmas, be sure you invite him to dinner. Be sure you give him a gift not the kind under the tree. In amidst all the noise and haste that surrounds Christmas, be sure you set aside some time for intimate talk and quiet moments. You'll find he's quite easy to sit alone with. He's a pleasure to get to know. So Merry Christmas to you. Enjoy Jesus. Merry Christmas. He's just like us. If you don't believe me, ask Mary. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, you came so close to us That we recognize you in that human frame, in that human form. We can get to know you and get really close. Thank you for coming close to us first so that we could respond and get close to you. What a pleasure it is at this season of the year to feel you near us. To know your hand is with us. We are under your protection. We are under your blessing. And we just want to shout and tell everybody, this is what Christmas is all about. So fill us up with your presence on this day, tomorrow and the next, as we do your work. Let us know the love of God that passes all understanding that we may find this Christmas to be full of delightful treasures come from your hand. Bless us, we ask, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Clothing, I'd like you to turn. Hymn number 381, standing as we sing in closing, O Little Town of Bethlehem.
1: Page 381.
2: to us
1: thankful like the song says where meek souls will receive him still the dear Christ enters in may our hearts be ready to take that side of you that is human that is willing to come and be with us to be close and intimate and real in our hearts Lord we long for these things we long for a touch from God in our lives, and we pray that we would have that closeness to you. We pray that we would make that a priority, seeking after you, looking for you, longing for you, wishing that you're there, because we know that you will come in our hearts. You will give us peace like no one else can, because you are all human and all God. We are grateful that you have loved us. This much to do these great things for us this great sacrifice and come down be born in a stable so that we might approach you we pray this day that you put your hand on what we do may we spread your love be real and approachable on this day just as you are may we show what god is like to the people that come bring a special blessing lord to those who come this afternoon Be with us and show us just the things we do and say and how we ought to act. Thank you for all that you've done. Bring us safely back to this place. Protect us and be with us in this time. Watch over us, we pray in your name. amen. Amen.